Hey there, everyone. Every <laughs> Angela Bowen here, the host of Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. Well, today I am covering a movie in honor of podcast listener Nicole's birthday. I've done this for the last two, three-ish years now. So, and one in particular she did suggest I did want to rewatch this because when this, I basically watched it on pay-per-view in 1996 or maybe 97. That's where my love for Leonardo DiCaprio began and then Titanic pretty much cemented it. After Titanic, I started watching whatever I could get on VHS of Leonardo DiCaprio, especially his older stuff, Was Eating Gilbert Grape, This Boy's Life, two movies that I do plan to cover on the podcast at some point. Um, as far as for Leo's other stuff, I mean, I could cover Revolutionary Road, but some of his other stuff I just, I kind of dipped out of Leo Mania. Speaking of Leo Mania, if you were a teenager, late teens, like I was in the late 90s, go and look Leo Mania up. It's seven parts. It's on YouTube. It's bonkers crazy, and I love it. It just uh, brings me right back to that time, which does this movie. Romeo and Juliet, I did watch, like, the 1960-whatever version, some of it, and I got bored and shut it off. Uh, the one with Haley Seinfeld, Steinfeld, uh, that was put out by, um, I think that was 2013 or something. Haven't checked that out. Don't want to. This is my Romeo and Juliet movie. Now, did I read Romeo and Juliet in high school? The answer is no. Am I going to go through this movie review and quote Shakespeare or try to analyze this in Shakespeare time or what have you? No, I'm going into this because I haven't watched it in years. I haven't watched it all the way through in years. And, um, so this is just going to be my own interpretation of what is going on in the scenes and just me reflecting on some of the things that I remember. Another, uh, character that was up and coming around this time who really doesn't get a whole lot of screen time is Jesse Bradford. He plays Balthazar. Leo's friend, I mean, he, basically, Jesse Bradford is, like, a 12-year-old kid in this movie, maybe 14, 15, in this movie, and, uh, it just, <laughs> the age difference, you can tell, it's like, that's this little kid hanging around, uh, Le uh, Romeo, I don't get it, but anyway, age didn't make a difference in friendship, it doesn't now, <laughs> there is no age limit, so, uh, we also have Miriam Margolin. She um, played in the Harry Potter series. Some other names. Paul Rudd plays Paris. Dave Paris. We got Brian Dennehy as Montague, which I don't even think he gets any lines. Um, Fulgencio. I see. I'm not going to be pronouncing these names. Uh, Paul Sorvino, who did pass away um, in July of 2022. He was 83. I think this is pretty much the only thing I've seen him in, and I think I made the mistake of when I was watching, you know, yearly watch of Miracle on 34th Street. You know, the not the um, John Hammond guy, not not Richard 
Attenborough, not him. The one, the black and white one with Natalie Wood. I'm like, oh, that looks like the guy who played Claire Danes' father in Romeo and Juliet. And Jeremy's like, no, that's not possible. I'm like, yeah, you're right, it's not. <laughs> but um, we also have John Leguizamo, Leguizamo, however you say his name. And I'm kind of familiar with him as far I mean, he plays Claire Danes' husband, is Tybalt. Of course, we have Leo, Romeo Montague, Claire Danes, who at the time was on Mexico Called Life. By this time, we had been... A, a, yeah, Marvin's Room was another one that I had watched. Um, I even watched Total Eclipse. Regret that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's see, we got... This guy looks familiar, like I've seen him. Oh, he passed away. Oh, oh! Well, mm, Lost World, Jurassic Park. No, thank you. Uh, Usual Suspects, Inception, which I never got around to watching. You know, some things here and there. Who's the guy who plays Mercutio? Oh, Emmett Walsh is in a split-second scene as someone who provides the vial of death juice to Romeo before. And he's, like, there and he's gone. I'm just trying to see. Oh, uh, Dash Mihal. Mihawk? Benvolio? I get, he plays another bestie of... I remember this guy from... Um, he was in Sleepers. That He was in a scene of that. That movie I would cover. That is dark, too. Um, but I would definitely cover that. Christina Pickles. See, some of these people don't even have character names. You don't even know who they're playing. Um, Baz Luhrmann, of course, directed this. He directed my all-time favorite, Elvis, which I saw twice in the theater. I love it so much. Uh, let's see, what else did he do? Greg Gatsby, pff, couldn't get, don't ever want to see that. Don't ever want to watch, read the book. I have no interest. Please don't ever suggest that film to me. Uh, just a bunch of little, you know, Australians and other don't care to see it. Moulin Rouge, maybe. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I really look forward to revisiting this, and I'm not going to bother with the trivia and reviews or anything like that. Yeah, I want to wait till the end of the movie to do that, because I really just want to get it. Uh, it says 6.7 out of 10, based on 234,486. Uh, writers William Shakespeare, <laughs> Craig Pierce, Baz Luhrmann, screenplay... Let's see here. Um, uh, oh yeah, this is like the most famous quote from Rome. I keep wanting to say Leo. Roman said, Did my heart love till now? Forswear its sight. For I never saw true beauty till this night. Alright, so without further ado, let's let's get into Romeo and Juliet. I'm looking forward to Really, and honestly, the only audio clips I'm going to play are, like, the the real main ones of Romeo seeing Juliet for the first time. And then, of course, when they are in the garden and that, all the good stuff. So, uh, yeah, I could not find a guy who plays Mercutio for the life of me. And I'm sure you're saying, his name is Blah Blah. Like, you know, don't really care. <laughs> Let's just... Get on with the movie. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, honestly, if you're looking for 
like I said, someone who's well-versed in the Shakespeare universe, I'm not your good person. <laughs> I am just in it for Leo. That's, that's it. Just like I was when I was 16, 17 years old, Leo is the main draw. Of course, gotta have subtitles. Gotta have subtitles in this movie. In any movie, honestly, I cannot watch with the TV show. I have to have subtitles. It is a must. Nothing annoys me more than when I can't have subtitles in my movie or TV show. So this is what is interesting. The first time I remember watching this thing is a little weird. It's a black... We're set on a black screen. And then there is a TV in the center of the screen. And it just keeps getting closer and closer. As we see this newscast and you know, the opening of... Romeo and Juliet with the two households, both alike in dignity. And of course it's set in Verona. Don't ask me where that is because I don't know. I could look it up, but I don't really want to. So basically it seems like she's talking like this is an ancient grudge been going on since even before Romeo and Juliet's parents were alive. And apparently it says from ancient grudge break to new mutiny. So I'm guessing something else kind of caused it to keep amping up constantly over the years to keep the feud going. Like, if one of them looked at the other cross-eyed, it'd be, like, all-out war. It's continuing constant all the time. Never-ending. So pretty much this newscaster's telling everyone what they basically already know, because on the screen up in the upper right corner, it says Starcross Lovers, and it says, from these two loin foes what have you a pair of star-crossed lovers take their life so because they couldn't be together and they took their life i think we all know how the story plays out between the montagues and the capulets another like one and done person in the opening jamie kennedy i'm like what the opening to this movie not just this tv screen like set against a black screen but the opening with the nuns and the guns and the Jamie Foxx and the the nipple licking, I just ugh, that alone, even when I watched this back then, just grossed me out. And even now, I'm just fast-forwarding through the scene because I can't see that again. I've seen a lot of Capulet and Montague. It looks like they all, oh, each side owns like half of Verona. So, well, at least the Montagues got names that you can pronounce. Ted Montague, and then we got full Gen Zio Capulet. <laughs> this is interesting, because we see the Capulets, uh, Gloria Capulet, we got Caroline Montague, and then we have Romeo and Juliet. We have Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes school yearbook photos, and I remember Leo's because, of course, of Leo Mania, and you know, I had, you know, the books about Leo with the photographs, you know, like magazines and everything with Leo's face on it. Just magazines that were strictly nothing but Leo. Captain, yeah, and then we get, of course, title cards for all these characters. Captain Prince, Chief of Police. Romeo's mom's got red hair. It's kind of funny because Kate, even though Kate Winslet's not in this movie, of course, her mother had red hair. She had red hair. I don't know why I'm pointing that out. Doesn't really have anything to do with this movie. Paul Rudd looks, but he looks young. I've never watched all of Clueless. I just—it's one of those movies that 
I'm mean, sure I was like 13 when it came out, but I just never really gravitated towards it. And it's like one of those things that's so popular that you try to watch it, and I think the popularity of it just kind of caves in on itself. Like it's kind of, like when you read a really hyped up book, and it turns out to be a disappointment. And I'm not saying Clueless is because again I haven't watched it all the way through, but. One movie I did gravitate towards, which I think came out right around similarly, close to the same time as Clueless, was Angus, which I definitely want to cover that on the podcast. It's got young James Vanderbeek, which, again, didn't crush on him at all. Also, it's got a very <laughs> young and short Chris Owen from, a, you know, Shermanator from American Pie. He was also in She's All That, which, again, I've seen that movie. It's just... It's all right, in my opinion. I mean, you got your Freddie Prince Jr., you got your Paul Walker, both were rocking the late 90s like nobody's business. Then you got your Elijah Woods, your Josh Hartnett, your, your Usher, Usher, and she's all that, you know, could go on for days about that. <laughs> the S, uh, what's it, Six Degrees of So-and-So? Well, apparently this Dave Paris guy is the governor's son. I can see why... They probably, you know, connections, of course. It's like, hey, let's have our daughter, our only daughter, marry the governor's son. It will give us more control over, say, the Montagues. Mercutio, Romeo's best friend. He's got a cousin, too, the, uh, the one dude that I was talking about. We've had the opening of Romeo and Juliet said by the newscaster, said by, I'm guessing, the preacher, pastor, reverend, who marries, you know, spoiler alert, you know they get married. He mean, and he's a good friend of Romeo and Annie and Juliet, of course. And, and then we get it in text. It's like, can we move from the opening line of the, the book, the play, the novel, the whatever? I want to get to the movie. Oh, there's fireworks. That's cute. It's like, in these itty-bitty little clips, it's like foreshadowing basically what's to happen. You see M. Emmett Walsh, who, he played Jill Taylor's dad on Home Improvement. We see Legazamo. People with holding guns and pointing them at other people. They, like, pretty flash the whole movie within, like, three seconds of each other. Just boom, 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 boom. Someone with a bald head and sunglasses has got Montague tattooed on the back of their head. We got my, um, Romeo's cousin driving. We got pink short-haired Randy, um, Jamie Curtis, Jamie Curtis, <laughs> Jamie Kennedy, excuse me, riding shotgun. Is this Johnny Knoxville? Who is this weirdo? Yeah, I don't know his ass. Um... He's not Johnny Knoxville, he's just a guy with a shaved head and Montague tattooed on the back of the bed and sunglasses perched above his eyes. So we see Montague boys, Capulet boys, they're basically cousins of either Romeo or Juliet. Yeah, we have a nun walking out to a van with like Catholic school girls or whatever and that's when Jamie Kennedy does the nipple flick flick whatever and I'm just like, gross. Uh, the Capio boy, Capio, <laughs> the Cap, <laughs> the Capulet and Montague boys do battle with guns that have their monogrammed names on them. Third civil 
brawl is on TV. So I guess the Montagues and the Cap, you know, they're aware, like, okay, the cousins of either side started another brawl today. Wonderful. Now we're going to deal with that. Yeah, I just fast forward through a lot of that. Just trying to get to Romeo. Trying to get to Leo. So, really, this police officer guy has had enough of the bullshit between the two families. Like, I pulled you all in here. Your relatives are going at it. I get it. The feud's been going on forever. You, you've disturbed the peace now three damn times. You've got to stop this bullshit. He says, if you ever disturb our streets again, your lives shall pay the forfeit of the peace. So what? They're going to be banished? Like, you'll have to leave Verona forever, both of you. You'll never be allowed back in. Anything I hate more is it's roundabouts. I just luckily I don't have to deal with roundabouts. I let my husband deal with the roundabouts, but he apparently enjoys them because he lived in, you know, the UK for a short amount of time. He's like, oh, I love roundabouts. Uh, one of our first apartments that we lived at after we were married had a roundabout. I'm just like, no, why? No more. So Romeo's cousin is with Romeo's parents in a limo. We have money they can drive alone in a limo. Anyway. So they're lucky he wasn't there. He could have been killed. Their only son. Oh my gosh. And the cousin says, hey, look, I saw him walking around earlier out by the beach. That's cool. He's fine. He's depressed over his, I guess this is supposed to be like a girlfriend. Like Ro, 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 Ro Rosalyn? Ros Rosalyn? So I guess he's depressed about her, that she's not into him. Like, he's a, like, I guess when this guy falls for someone, he falls hard. Like, he can't think of anyone else or anything else. But, yeah, they're talking about how depressed he is, Romeo is. It's like, oh, my gosh, will he get over this girl? I mean, I'm not really into cinematography and all that stuff, but this shot of him in this, I don't even know what it used to be. It's like a empty... It's down by the beach. I don't know whether... I don't think it was, like, a drive-in or something. It was just... It's a concrete wall that had, like, a big old hole, like, busted out of it. And it's, the sun is shining. It's morning. It's just... I, I love the shot. And just Leo there. He's smoking a ciggy. He's writing his poetry or his thoughts in a journal. Sees his parents kind of watching him. Kind of, like, walks up like, Hey, I'm okay. You don't need to check up on me. You don't need to send my cousin to babysit me. But his cousin's going to chill with him and hang out and say, hey, what's up? What's going on? You still mooning over your girlfriend or lack thereof? Unrequited? You got to get over it. Rosalind does not want you. She doesn't want just nothing to do with you. You got to move on. You got to move on. Palm trees and surfboards and beach water. Am I right? Uh, guns. Prostitute. Uh, just all over. Shoot for thunder. I don't know what that sign's supposed to mean. There's little tiki huts around. I see some man in a suit trying to pick up some sex worker, whatever they call themselves. I don't know. But yeah, the parents were just like, hey, look, Romeo's cousin, Belvelio, or just help him out. Get him out of this depression. He needs your help. Take him to play pool. Take him to a party. Get him out of the house. I mean, he is out of the house. He's watching a, a sunrise, so there's that. It is a sunrise, right? Or is it a sunset? It's got to be a sunset because there's a good party later. Okay, it is morning? Okay. It must be. Ew. 
You know that with your father. Who else is going to be spying on your depressed self? Was, he, was that my father that went hen so fast? I'm like, yes, yes, it was. And he sent your cousin to help you get you out of your sadness. Why? Did you want to talk to him? He is clearly um, a party of one here with the unrequited love. He just cannot see. He can't get past Rosalind not wanting to be with him, or I don't know if he proposed to her, or he asked her to be his girlfriend, or if they had a falling out. So, Roman's like, hey, I'm hungry, let's go eat. And then there's a TV, a lone TV on a card table that talks about what went down, the cousins battling the other cousins, and it's like, oh, you gotta be kidding me seriously with this crap, you gotta stop that, okay? And don't say you're doing it because of me because you're doing it because of you. Apparently there's a Time magazine that says Day Ferris Bachelor of the Year. Must have been a slow year. <laughs> it's like they're in like a steam hut bath. I don't know what they call these things. What is it? Steam, steam shower? I don't know. But uh, Juliet's father is just saying, hey, my daughter's available, you're available, according to this magazine cover, it says you're Bachelor of the Year, can you come to my party tonight, I'll sit you up with my daughter, it'll be a great match, she's a sweetheart, you'll love her, fall in love, marry, have kids, make me a grandfather. The connection between us, that will help immensely, because he's the governor's son. Okay, so we do get the first shot of Jesse Bradford writing Rosaline's name down on a chalkboard in a pool hall. I'm guessing she doesn't want Romeo and she doesn't want anybody. She just wants to live her life in peace by herself, alone alpha. Basically, Romeo's cousin is like, hey, look, she's a lost clause cause clearly she does not want you. There are other, as they say, what, fish in the sea? Other, I mean, you're in that place, man. There's, like, people all over. Just find someone you have a connect. Yeah, has he even had a conversation with? It's, like, it seems like it's more, you know, the whole love at first sight thing where you don't even talk to the person. You don't even know their name, and you just, like, automatically, like, feel something. Like, oh, it's my one true love, even though we've never said a word to each other. Apparently, they have to give the give their gun to the proprietor there and they get a ticket and then at the when they're ready to leave they give the ticket and they get their gun back. Oh, okay, this is okay. Well, Emmett Walsh, I guess this is his first scene cuz he comes back later. Oh, okay, this is Juliet's cousin. I'm guess uh, I don't know. That's where we get news on the TV. There's a party, the Capulets are throwing like, "Hey, look, let's go to this party." So let's go over to the Capulet Mansion. We got her mother's a scream at this, the and the the ma nanny, what whoever uh made I don't know. They got pipes on them like nobody's business. When they scream and they want to find somebody, they will find them because their voices carry for miles. And Juliet's like, Madame, I am here. What is your will? And they just yank her into the bedroom, start tossing clothes at her, saying, Oh. Paris or is going to be here, Dave Paris, and he's the governor's son, and uh, we want to set you up with him, so you have to look good. It's a costume party. we got to help you get a costume on. 
Oh, nurse! She's nurse! That's... okay. So clearly Juliet's head must be spinning. They can't talk enough about this Dave Paris guy and how he wants to make you his wife, his girlfriend, plaything, what have you. Um, yeah, it's just like you gotta pretty yourself up. You're an adorable teenager. Make you look good. Get you out there. I can imagine this young girl. I mean, she's what, 12 and Romeo's like 14? It's just, uh, but of course in this movie, they're more age appropriate. Can imagine this poor girl's head is being like who what huh i guess i gotta get read this time magazine article about this paris guy of course the fireworks fireworks show for the party at the capulet mansion sycamore grove this looks like a carnival oh is that that oh is that the place by the water is that what that's called so juliet's dressed like an angel because she's got wings on and then I'm guessing that Romeo's dressed like a knight of some kind. So I was right, this must have been a theater. There's like old theater seats and then there's this big like stage thing or what used to be a stage. And here's Mercurio, Mercurio. He's got them all tickets to go to the Capulet Mansion party. It says her, her Curcio and friends, doesn't say how many friends, just says... Him and a handful of other people, I guess. This guy is seriously very depressed. He is really down in the dumps. And they're just trying to lift his spirits. And he just, he's not taking the bait. Oh, I'm guessing this is a, I don't know whether it's supposed to be like ecstasy that he's handing over to to Romeo. Like here, here's a, like a, a something to drug-induced state that this will put you in to make you more relaxed, I guess. Okay, so clearly his dream was a premonition of what's to come. So, <laughs> it looks like a costume party in a way, but I, it doesn't really look like many people are wearing, like, masks over their eyes. But, of course, because he's Romeo, he's Capulet, it's like, <clears throat> put this on, your mask on, you over your eyes, no one will notice you, don't worry about it. Clearly he's crashing hard from this drug that he took because he winds up in the bathroom, throwing up, splashing cold water on his face. Seriously thought that was a toilet. Because he you just see his face submerged in water that looks big enough to be a toilet bowl. But it turns out it's just a sink that he's put a bunch of water into. He's trying to clear his head. Honestly, I feel they couldn't have picked a better song with what they chose for the first love at first sight between Romeo and Juliet. Now, I can't believe that I'm the only girl in 1996 or 97 that... I think it had to have been 97 when I saw this because I was a freshman in high school at the time. And I know I can't be the only girl around that time that pretended she was Juliet in the scene, looking through the fish tank. And, oh, just everything. It's everything. So it looks like he's, like, trying to, like, mouth like the, mouth the words, like, who, who are you? Who are you? And, of course... <laughs> Uh, the nurse comes and says, oh, your mother wants you. It's time for her to meet Paris. And as she's pulling Juliet along in, back into the fray of the party, Romeo is falling right after. His mask is off. So, of course, anybody that's a capital, he's basically in, basically in the wolf's den. There's, like, he's a sitting duck in the wolf's den. And... 
Jeez. And she, I like how she keeps looking back at him, like not wanting to forget his face. And at first, it almost when the nurse pulls her away, it almost seems like Romeo feels almost like that was just like his mind playing tricks out of him. Like, is she real? Is she real? Did I just make her up in my mind? But no, he follows her. It's like I, I just love at first sight, and I just I can't lose this girl. Oh, of course she gets pulled in by Paris, who's dressed like an astronaut. He says, will you now deny to dance? And she is just like, she's like, no, I want to go over there. I want to dance with you. But of course, it's her mother's there. The nurse is there like, hey, he's a well-to-do guy. This has to work. You have to dance with him. Trying to make a love connection work where it really isn't gonna. Of course, I'm gonna play one of the most famous lines from this play. Other than Romeo, wherefore out there, Romeo, what's in a name? What? Oh. Okay, excuse me. No, we gotta get to bolt. Get away. You're running in great moments. Of course, Tybalt recognizes Romeo because he doesn't have his mask on. He goes to, like, start some shit. And then, luckily, Juliet's father grabs him. He's like, it's Romeo. It's it's Romeo, uncle. And he's like, oh, really? It is, huh? Because he's, like, drunk. <laughs> he's like, yeah, we have to do something about it. And the uncle is serious. Like, you are not going to do anything at my party. I will cast you out of my house if you attempt anything. Of course, he's basically like, hey, just let him alone, all right? Look, I would never, ever do anything to him in my house. Like, no, he doesn't want to start shit. He doesn't want to do anything. And the Tibble just, it's not getting into his head. Like, dude, knock the shit off. Enough's enough. Basically, they were told by the cop, like, you can't do any more of this. Like, you, they probably will be, like, thrown out of Verona. He's like, you're not going to start shit in my house. You need to get the fuck out now, Tybalt. You're not starting shit. Take this cube, whatever it is, that, you know, just get out. Basically, don't get the hell out of my house. You are not welcome here. And you're not going to start shit. I love how Romeo is kind of tracking Juliet with his eyes as she's dancing with Paris so he doesn't lose track of her. she just looks over at him and just it's like he's he's seeing love for the first time like forget Rosalind Rosalind who Paris I mean I gotta give him credit he is really trying to wow her and she's just she's only got eyes for Romeo and she's kind of embarrassed like oh my gosh this guy he's just oh he's trying so hard it's cute and everything but I'm just not about him the look that he that you want to call him Leo. The look that Romeo gives her, it's just, oh. Can't describe it. It just, he is so in love with her. He's, it's almost like, I feel for you, girl. I feel for you. <laughs> I mean, she's only dancing with him to make her mom the maid happy. So, of course, while 
Paris is distracted. Romeo takes a shot, grabs Juliet's hand. She turns, looks at him, and he pulls her to him by that pillar. Okay, so it's kind of, I was just thinking of something when he starts talking and everything and then he kind of is a little forward in the kissing of the hands. And it's almost like that thing like, oh, you see somebody like infatuated with them just based on, you know, their looks and everything. And then it's all of a sudden they open their mouth and they start talking. It's like, hey, I don't like you as much as I, but then again, I mean, she does, she makes him work for it. Like, okay, these words that you're saying as flattered as I kind of am. You need to slow your roll. <laughs> but she still winds up in the elevator with him. Like, he does say at first, like, he, he does seem like he's he's coming on strong. Again, when he falls, he falls hard. And she's like, whoa, whoa, slow, slow down. <laughs> but he's still, like I said, he's still, he pulls her in the elevator. She goes, they kiss. And I just, I, I love the whole... Give me my sin again, and just you kiss by the book, and it's just like, oh, I love it so, so much. Again, they're not aware of who they are in relation to their family members. They don't know each other's names. They don't know each other's, especially they don't know their last names. I mean, sure, he's in the house of Capulet, and he knows that, but he doesn't, I don't think he knows that that's Julia. He probably thinks it's just a, a girl. Like, a girl that just happens to be at the party. I don't think, yeah, when the nurse comes to get her when they're looking at each other through the fish tank, she doesn't say her name at all. He must be aware of Juliet Capulet. Because this is, I mean, to both of them, it is a major, major hit when the nurse sees. Because she witnesses it. Not the kiss, but her just being infatuated. Well, yeah, and even uh, Romeo's cousin's like, hey, man, uh, they found out that we're kind of crashing their party. We got to get out of here. Yeah, when uh, the nurse goes up, and then Romeo's like, she's, she's, she's a Capulet? Kind of to himself, just like, oh, boy, shit, that good. 
No, but they go back into the elevator. <laughs> they gotta kiss again. Yep, and the nurse sees them kissing as soon as the elevator doors open and she, like, rips Juliet right out of there. I looked at how after she says, Madam, your mother craves a word with you. She looks at Leo, the nurse does, like, mm-hmm, yeah, I know about you, sir. Mm-hmm, I don't approve at all. Like, almost like, I'm sure you'll find your way out of here. Mm-hmm. You can find your own way out, just like you found your own way in. Uh-huh. Okay, goodbye. Okay, like, looking back as she's dragged by the nurse, she keeps looking, like, m making sure that she keeps him in her sight. Oh, is that, is that, like, um, security that recognizes Romeo? The way that he kind of looks, this, I think he's security. Because he looks at Lee, like, hey, how did he get past? <laughs> She's a Capulet. And it's like... And then when the nurse says, he's a Montague, the only son of your father's worst enemy. And just the shock of um, both of theirs. Just like, oh, oh, no, 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 no. Of course, here comes Mercutio. He's like, away, be gone. The sport is at its best. Meaning, okay, this party sucks. Let's get out of here, okay? It's it's done. It's done. So Rachel, like, let's go. It's young. We can go for a drive somewhere. We really have to drag Romeo out of there. We're just kind of watching as Mercutio, Mercutio, whatever, is dragging him. Out. They're outside now, and he's seeing, like, her angel wings that she's had. It's on her back. That she's walking past the doorway, the, um, curtains and doorways. And he's kind of watching for her. And then eventually does... I thought he, like, breaks free, and then he goes to scale a wall later. So he can, you know, see her again. They have metal detectors. It always feels like either a catch-22 or hindsight-2020, whereas learning too late that they can't be together because their parents hate each other. They have this decades, centuries-old feud, and it's just... It's like, yeah, basically you have the roll, the rug pulled from under. But then again, I mean, even though they're young, they had to have known about it. They know! They know about each other's feuds. How do they not know that the other exists? How do they not know? This doesn't make sense. There's TV. There's newspapers. There's cover stories. They must have seen each other's pictures at some point in their lives. So basically, yeah, he goes for it. He jumps the high wall while the guards and everyone are distracted. You know, they're going, people going through the, um, the metal detectors and, you know, all that shit. So, McCurchill's, like, trying to get him back. And then he's like, you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck it. You do you. I'm going to bed. I ain't worrying about that. I'll see you in the morning if you're still around. You know where to find me when you're done. Brings up Rosalind again. It's like, can we not anymore? She's like, yesterday's news. He'll even say that later. 
Well, no, he won't, but the reverend or the pastor or the preacher or whatever you want to call him. Yeah, basically what I got from this is he's basically practically peeping in her window but down below and he, the way that he delivers the line what well, light through window break or whatever and he says it is the east and Juliet is the sun the way that he delivers it is the east and Juliet is the sun it's like he, he's trying to like conquer a mountain or something the way <laughs> I don't know that's just what I the way Leo delivered that line basically is what I'm trying to get at so he's like oh please don't let it be the maid please don't let it be the maid like oh she is envious and blah 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 and uh of course this guy can't whisper to save his life or it's a very loud whisper because of course right before the maid opens those double doors it's just, it, it's just like, he sounds like he's just thinking that, hoping that it's Juliet. And when he says the word cast it off, it almost makes me think he's thinking like, oh, take something off. Or, I don't know. I mean, he is supposed to be a teenager. So, uh, I don't know. Of course, as luck would have it, there's an elevator that goes down to the poolside area. That, of course, is lit with these little yellow gold lights little gold Christmas lights, a lot of vinery, a lot of vinery, and uh, trellis. That's what he's hanging on to. He's like a, a tr hanging on to a trellis that's attached to the wall, covered in vines, and he's trying to, like, well, it is dark out, and he is wearing, it's not a black, you know, cloth costume. It is, like, it almost looks like gray chain mail or something, like a chain mail shirt. He's trying to not be seen by her, which, mission accomplished, because her, my, I mean, he's thinking about her, she comes out, she's thinking about him. Yeah, he even calls her, it is, when he sees her, he says, it is my lady, it is my love. If only that she knew she were, something to that It's like, I almost feel like, like, she's into it, but not nearly as, like, hardcore. Like I said. When this guy falls, he falls, like, obsession hard. I mean, you heard how he was with Rosalind. I mean, this guy wasn't eating, wasn't sleeping. None of that. He wasn't doing anything. There's a naked ivory statue of 
like, I don't know whether it's like a satyr, you know, like the half man, and then you got your, like, hooven feet, and like a fawn, he's playing a flute, and he's this statue's naked. A lot of naked statues. Oh, this guy, he is a heavy, he is just like, <laughs> through this whole thing. I'm not knocking Leo's performance, but good gosh. Oh, when she comes up saying the famous love, Romeo, wherefore out there, Romeo, refuse thy father and refuse thy name or whatever. It's almost like she's saying she's willing to do whatever it takes to be with him, regardless of the fact that he is, in fact, a Capulet. Like, I'll, I'll give my name, give myself up, my name up, I'll deny my father, I want to be with this person. And of course, this is like music to his ears. Of course, he's trying to decide whether he should just, like, keep quiet and just... Because, again, she doesn't know he's there. Or is he thinking, like, should I just, you know, break the mood and, and then just let her, my presence be known? It's like, well, she's not expecting you to be there, which she's going to get a heck of a startle when uh, <laughs> he and finally announces his presence. And she's all saying about how it's the name that is basically the enemy just because he's a Capulet. And just going on about a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. It's like, regard the name, it means nothing. I mean, you take that away, it's still... A rose is a rose regardless of the name. You could call it a tulip and it's still going to smell like a rose. No, this just... It's in, <laughs> and again, like I said, I have not watched this in, like, literal years. Like, uh, no. But it just feels like their performances and what they're giving to it, it's, it's great and everything. But then again, you know, this is pre-Titanic. This is pre-Titanic. And everything we see that Leo does in his performances, he gives it all. The gusto, just all of it. And it's the same here with Claire Danes. She's just... We all know these words, these famous, famous lines, pretty much for the bulk of this. Seen here is words you've heard a hundred thousand times over, to the point where they literally have no meaning anymore. But the way that they're delivering these lines, the act, you know, Claire Danes and Leonardo DiCaprio, they put so much weight and oomph and just into these words. It's like, to them, like, this is the Oscar performance. This is what I got. I got to give my all. All of myself. Like, she's really questioning that which we call a rose by any other word would smell as sweet. Like, honestly, it's like the way she's delivering this song, it's like she's trying to convince somebody of this. Like, no, you don't understand. Let me explain it to you. So, of course, as she's saying, take me, Romeo, you know, she doesn't care what his name is, the fact that he's a Montague, the fact that he's Romeo. It's like, you take that title away, you take that last name away, and he is just a man. He is just a boy that she is in love with. The personality, which basically all they really did, he kissed her hand, they kissed in the elevator. They honestly barely even spoke words to each other. Maybe a few. But not enough to really garner their personalities because, again, they're teenagers. They're still mentally developing a personality. But, um, yeah, when he says, 
I take thee at thy word. Of course, again, she doesn't know he's there. He's been listening the whole time. And she screams because, again, it's dark out. If someone came up behind you as you were talking about them and they said, yes, I agree with you or yes, I want to be with you too, wouldn't you like freak like what what you heard all of that she didn't say she didn't say anything about hey you were spying on me none of that dude i don't think she was angry at all she's just surprised that he's there thy name, or if thou wilt not, be but sworn my love, and I'll no longer be a Capulet. Shall I hear more, or shall I speak at this? Tis but thy name that is my enemy. Thou art thyself, though not a Montague. What's Montague? It is not hand, nor foot, nor arm, nor face, nor any other part belonging to a man. in a name that which we call a rose by any other word would smell as sweet so Romeo would were he not Romeo called retain that dear perfection which he owes without that title <sighs> Romeo doff thy name and for thy name which is no part of thee take all myself I take thee thy word this security guard is clearly not doing his job. He is a really crappy security guard because he keeps looking at, like, Time magazine, flipping through it. Uh, he hears a scream and a splash of water. And then it's like, because his back is turned from the security monitors, he's like, huh, what? What was that? Oh, I probably should be looking at the screen. I, I don't see anything. I'm going back to my Time magazine. I got a copy of People Weekly also, so... So they come up to the surface and she asks, Art thou not Romeo and a Montague? And he says, No, neither. If you don't like that, I, I, I can drop both my names, first and last, whatever it takes. He is ready to commit to eternity for her. Well, of course she wants to know, like, how did you get over the garden walls? Like, we have security all over the place. Like, yeah, Juliet, we've seen security. It's not that big of a deal and it's dark out and they're more worried about the party guests leaving the party than they are about any yeah they they're pretty much everyone's leaving they're not thinking oh somebody's gonna come back in because if they were to come back in when they try to go through no no they don't care and he's even saying you know you're risking your life for me because my family would shoot you on on spot because of you know you being a Montague and all? Yeah. And he says, I did, basically did it for you because I love you. Sight on, you know, I, I yeah. He, he basically means nothing. Oh, your cousins are going to kill me? Your, your family? Pfft, I don't care. I'm here with you. That's all they meant. That's all he can see is her. Everything.
everything else, it's like he's got blinders on. He is really being risky right now. He's like, therefore, thy kinsmen are no stuff to me. Like, uh-huh. Like, I'm going to, like, push him down. Like, dude, you are going to get us caught. So, here comes the security guard, and Juliet pushes... I almost call him Leo. Pushes Romeo underneath the water. Which, honestly, we all know a person can't be underwater for very long without an apparatus to be able to breathe. And the security guard comes in, and Juliet is just, like, over by the stone structure, statue thing. And she's got this smile, like, it's just me hanging out here by myself. She smiles at the security guard, and he smiles, and he's probably thinking, oh, teenagers. I work my job that much more difficult. No, he didn't. <laughs> so literally, I don't even think of the guy's barely out the gate before Leo like pops up because he can barely breathe. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, oh my god, he like literally just left. And Julie's like, you gotta get out of here, okay? Like, I love you too. Uh, I love that you're professing your undying devotion to me, but seriously, you will get killed if you don't leave now. So again, he doesn't care. It's like, look, I'm wearing dark clothes. A chainmail shirt, stuck out, is not a big deal, okay? And if they find me, so what? They kill me, it doesn't matter because I am basking in your love. And that is all that matters. You know, all of a sudden, no. <laughs> it's like he's trying to get her to promise forever. And yes, she does love him, and he even pronounced his love to her. And she is certainly, look, yeah, he is. He is moving way too fast, and it's too sudden. And he eventually does say, hey, if you want, I'll marry you. I'll prove my love that way. You can meet me at this time. And I know a, I know a guy I'm besties with, the reverend. The reverend, he, he can, will marry us. And then no one can say anything because we'll be married. So, and the fact that uh, she is just trying to get away now at this point. Like, look, I gotta go. I told you you're gonna be killed. You clearly don't care. And he did pronounce his love to her. And when she gets ready, she like she's out of the out of the pool now. And he's like, Don't leave me so unsatisfied. And she's like, What are you talking about? And, and I'm just thinking it's like, yeah, teenage guy, he's thinking with one organ only. <laughs> and he says, The exchange of thy love's faithful vow for mine. So basically it's yes, he's proposing marriage. So, yeah, she pretty much does say yes, and they fall back in the pool. So, basically, she's like, look, if you really are serious about this marriage thing, just get word to me by tomorrow, since, you know, we don't have cell phones, and you can't text me. Um, I'll send my nurse out, meet her at this place, you tell me what time, place to show up, and then I will be there. Wow, this nurse is really impatient. She wants Juliet's ass inside yesterday, because she's like, ah! It's like, oh my gosh, you're going to wake the house up. I'm sure the party's still going strong so nobody can hear. Because this place is freaking huge. They're like on the other side of the mansion. No one's hearing anything. Besides, everyone's all drunk anyway, so <laughs> they're not going to hear anything. Love's like wings that I perch these walls. For stony limits cannot hold love out and what love can do, then there's an attempt. 
Therefore, that kid's in our new house. school with 
sorrow that I shall say good night till tomorrow. Yeah, so basically she says, um, <laughs> ask what time do you want me to send my person to get uh, confirmation, I guess, <laughs> on uh, place and date and time. And he's like, nine, eight, nine, nine, the hour of nine or whatever. I'm thinking, a.m.? I'd be like, can we make it noon? I sleep. But then again, she's not the one going. It's the nurse. And how is the nurse going to explain her absence? Like, I thought you were dusting or making meals for dinner. What's going on? Where were you between the hours of this time and that time? Because I know you weren't on break. <laughs> I mean, the Capulets, they're so busy. They don't have time to wonder where the nurse is. She could just say, I was picking up some groceries. After replenish, after all your guests took all the food, and she even gives him a a neck like a one of those like chain studded like chain necklaces with like a cross on it. So Leo, <laughs> here I go again. Raymond's got to go see his priest guy. Like, hey, look, because you know he's been wallowing about Rosalind, and this guy's like, really, another one? Oh my gosh. I thought we were so, you're not into her? What? Yeah, he, he's even like, dude, every five minutes you got a girl that you're moaning and complaining about that she don't love you, or she's moved on, and you haven't. Well, and, and of course, when he mentions Capulet and Juliet, you just, the, the, the pastor, the reverend, whatever priest is all like, are you serious? No, I'm not doing that. That is, but then he thinks about it. He's like, you know, maybe this could be the answer to the feud between the families. You two get me. And they're like their only kids, apparently. Like the Montagues don't have any of, Romeo and Juliet don't have any other siblings. They don't have any siblings other than, you know, their only child, only children these kids are altar boys or waiting to make their first communion or what's going on and this movie is made in 96 97 this would not fly today a preacher pastor whatever with his shirt off tending to his greenhouse and we got these two boys that look like they're like 10 and under i'm like was this would not go over greatly in today's world he's explaining to them about Poison and plants and this and that. Got like a laboratory, a chem set set up in his greenhouse. So I don't know what he's got going on. Oh, is he making a poison? Oh my gosh, is that the thing? Like that he was going to give Juliet. Is this it? He's like making it unbeknownst to him that it would be used later. Oh my gosh, I think it could be. God, and this can't be real. I mean, it could be real, but I don't know. Um, The priest here has... You know, because he's shirtless here. He's got a giant cross tattoo that goes the length and width of his back. This has got to be the stuff that, Le uh, well, Romeo takes, isn't it? I don't know. I think it good morrow means good morning. Because both those kids say that. This guy is wearing, like, a Hawaiian shirt, the pastor is. And it's like, oh, my guess is, like, yeah, why are you rolling in so early? And it's like, oh, I bet you haven't even been home yet. You haven't even been to sleep. So he asks if Romeo's been with Rosalind. And the way that Romeo's all like, 
Rosaline? What? Of course not. He's like, oh no, he's got a new obsession now, and her name is Juliet. He's like, oh, I forgot that name. <laughs> I crossed that name off my list, threw it in the trash, burned it. And he's like, I've also forgotten that name's woe, as in the heartache that came with the name, Rosaline. Rosalind, Rosaline. He's like, oh, that's great for you. I'm so, so happy that you've moved on. So he asks, like, oh, where have you been? And Romeo says, I have been feasting with mine enemy. Rosaline, that was basically your infatuation with her. That's not love. Because clearly Romeo's like, look, this person loves me back. I love them. Let's make this happen. And the priest, it's almost like he can foretell the future what could happen. Like, oh, maybe this union this um, of them being married could be a good thing where maybe the both the households will come together knowing that their kids are now married could be good and this feud hopefully and he's like yeah I'll do that I'll I'll marry the two of you and then of course Romeo is so excited he can't wait to get out of there and tell the news to Juliet or the nurse who's coming in Juliet's stead and of course <laughs> The priest has to say, look, you need to slow your roll, okay? Because you're going to stumble like you just did now. And you almost knocked over one of my precious statues. Don't do that. 
So this kid who's singing when doves cry, I believe this kid passed away. Not he didn't pass away as a kid, but I guess he did pass away at some point. Apparently there's got to be summer because everyone's walking around with either shirts off, open shirt. This one's wearing a holster with no shirt. The old cousin Dum Dum here. Apparently he can't get a hold of Romeo. Yeah, payphone. You don't see those anymore. They are like obsolete. They are relics in museums. So of course it's like, oh, so Romeo's not home, huh? It's like, no, I told his dad he didn't come home. And Mercutio's all like, yeah, it's that Rosalind bitch. That's what happened. She like fucked with his heart and now he's again distraught. Like, no, 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 no. You don't know. Because, again, he hasn't told them what's happening. I guess Tybalt, Dum Dum Cousin here said that Tybalt sent a letter to the Montague house challenging Romeo to a duel or something. And you know that Mercutio being Romeo's bestie is going to stand up and defend him. Like, oh, no, no, no. I see that challenge, and I will meet that challenge. You don't touch Romeo. Has this ever been a good thing, twirling a gun on your finger like that? It's like you're just trying to show off. Like, man, look at me. Hey, I can twirl a gun like they did in the Old West. Romeo. <laughs> of course. Yeah, he's there. Hanging with the besties. Maybe he'll let them in on the news. That's the weirdest looking car I've ever seen. It barely has a windshield. Yo! Ho-ho, capital punk. Senor Romeo, bonjour. There's a French salutation to your French slot. You gave us the counterfeit fairly last night. Good moral to you both. What counterfeit did I give you? The slip, sir. slip can you not concede. Pardon, good Mercutio, my business was great, and in such a case as mine, a man may strain courtesy. <laughs> That's as much as to say such a case as yours constrains a man to bow in the hand. Oh, 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 curtsy. Both kindly. It's oh, courteous exposition. Oh, oh, oh. Nay, I am the very pink. Oh, pink for flower? Oh, right. Why, then, is my palm well flowered? Oh, oh, now art thou sociable. Now art thou Romeo. Now art thou what thou art. between 
Mercutio, Romeo, and Belvito, whatever, his dumb dumb cousin. I, it's, it's almost it's weird. It's like, hey, where have you been? You kind of, like, skipped out on us. We were all going to hang out. It's almost like, oh, you got somebody. Now you have no time for your friends kind of argument thing. And it sounds like he's talking about his dick. Something about, like, well, pump well flowered. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I always, honestly, I always thought that about that. So I'm like, what in the what? So here comes the nurse lady, and she's like, look, Juliet's young, younger than you by a couple years. I don't want to see her get hurt. If the, you're fucking, if you're screwing with her, messing with her head, I'm going to come for you. So, yeah, and he's like, hey, look, have her come by confession. I'm going to marry her, okay? It's... Talk to the priest. It's a done deal. It's happening. Okay? Yes. So, and the fact that Mercutio is all, like, trying to get Romeo's attention, and then he shoots his gun in the air. I'd be like, dude, I'm right here. I'm talking to somebody. You can chill for five seconds. But, yeah, because he's all like, oh, will you come to your father's? And again, you mean, is he going home where he lives? Uh, none of them even know about Juliet. I mean, the whole thing that transpired because he like literally just got in, and he didn't tell them anything. He's like, no, this is supposed to be on the DL. It's like once he's married, once he's wearing the wedding ring, it's like yeah, then he'll break the news. They can have a nice bachelor pre bachelor party or post bachelor party. They can have an engagement. They can have a reception, but for the meantime, it's got to keep it on the DL. So yeah. He's like, no, I'm not fooling. You You have her come to confession this afternoon. The priest will marry us. That I promise you. I will show you the marriage certificate. So, of course, <laughs> we have Juliet come downstairs. The nurses, they restocked the fridge, which is awesome. She went out shopping, so there's that. She had to, you know, make good on her word. She was going to restock that fridge. And she's trying to find something to eat. And Juliet's like, look, did you see him? Did you talk to him? Tell me, what's up? What happened? And of course, and I like how she's the nurse is drawing it out. Like, ah, I'm tired, my feet are sore, you know, I gotta eat something famished. Like, no, seriously, tell me. So he showed up. What did he say? Tell me. Oh yeah, she ends up like, oh, he, he's going to make you his wife. Yeah. Hey. Honey, nurse, what news? Nurse, I am a really give me a little boy. Hi, how my bugs ache. Yeah, she's really... But thou hast migraines, and I thy need. Come, I pray thee, speak. Hey, souls, what grace? Can you not stay a while? Can you not see that I am out of breath? Oh, oh that's her. Right. When thou hast breath, to say to me that thou art out of breath. Is the news good or bad? Answer to that. Well, you have made a single choice. You know not how to choose it now. Romeo... No, not he. Though his face be better than any man's, yet his leg excels over this. After a hand and a foot on my body. Yeah, like he's pretty hot. But all this I did know before. What says he ever married? What is that? Oh, how my head aches. What a head, how Oh, my God. Uh huh, uh huh. Fine, I'll give you a massage. Just tell me. Oh, <laughs> cute. Tell me what's the 
Okay. Die laatste is like an honest gentleman and a courteous and a kind and a handsome and I want a word to it. <laughs> what is your mother? Where is your mother? Mm. Oh, oddly thou repliest. Your love says like an honest gentleman, where is your mother? Ah, lady dear, are you so hot? And for do your marriage is yours. Oh, here's such a coil. Come, what says Romeo? Have you got leave to go to confession today? I have. Then I do hate to Father Lawrence said. There stays a husband who make you a wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just the nurse, like, she's drawn, like, oh, my head, my back, I'll give me a massage, I'll tell you. And then, of course, she's like, oh, did you, have you talked to your mother yet? And, of course, Julie, it's all like, what? Have I talked to, what are you talking? It's like, she'll give, like, little tidbits of info, and then she'll, like, stall and, like, she again she's just she's drawing out the like like oh this agony just tell me yes or no it, that's, that's what even Juliet said like yes or no did he did he not and the nurse gets upset like you can make your you can go on your own errands if you want and do this next time but it's like and she's pleading a little ple and I thought that was their kitchen like no that's not their kitchen that's the nurse's like mini apartment because that's like a small kitchen and that's all her stuff in there i thought it was the actual like kitchen kitchen of the mansion i'm like no 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 mansion kitchen's gonna be that tiny so i was like yes the husband's gonna make you a wife get yourself down there to the church and he'll marry you and it's just oh it's so sweet just he's waiting for her she's walking oh no they're walking together up the aisle that's right and it's just like oh someone other than the priest marrying you you have to have that's why you have someone like can you stand up for us someone there needs to be a witness so it's all legit <laughs> and the nurse is there for julia and then we got um i'm just calling him jesse bradford because i have no idea i can't even balthazar or whatever his name is i don't know so yeah they are married and it's so sweet and it looks like a storm's coming because in the next scene we that is the longest lifeguard tower the t the tallest lifeguard tower i've ever seen in my life you would die if you fell from that we got mercurio in the water with his gun and he's like literally just shooting into the water and i'm like you are wasting bullets what a waste 
Well, even dumb, dumb cousins are like, look, Mercurio, or look, I'm bored, okay? Can we, like, you're wasting bullets, by the way. Just firing them in the water, and you see these beachgoers all, like, looking like, who's this weirdo who's firing bullets? I want to go for a swim, it's hot out. But I can't, because he's shooting his gun into the water. Ugh. They picked the wrong day to have a beach day, I guess. So, again, yeah, they've been warned. Look, you can't be fighting with each other, you know? They put out, like, you do that, someone dies, you're both out. We're going to exile you both from Venice. Venice or wherever. I don't know. Um, ugh. They cannot stay away from each other. They cannot. Actually, Tybalt is like, dude, you need to lose whatever this is. Because Leo, who is now married to Juliet, is related to Tybalt by marriage. Unbeknownst to Tybalt. Unbeknownst to Tybalt. Tybalt? Oh, yeah, basically he's saying, look, I'm your cousin by marriage now. We can't feud because now we're related. And he says, I see you know us to me not as in you don't know my changed relationship to you now. And yeah, Romeo's holding out his hand like, hey, let's make peace with this. We're related now. And Tybalt, he's got the weirdest. Jan Leguizamo has the weirdest hair. It's like a weird, like, side part crimped style. And it's just weird. He kind of, like, smacks his hand away. Hi, Jenny Ryan. We're still enemies. He doesn't believe any of it. He thinks it's pure nonsense. Like, I don't know what you're talking to about. I don't know what you're talking about. We're not related. that I have to love thee doth much excuse the appertaining rage to such a breeding. Villain am I not? Therefore farewell. I see thou knowest me not. Tybalt kicks Romeo's ass. Um, Mercutio goes in and says, hey, he's basically defending his bestie and goes after Tybalt. And, of course, there's all this broken glass around and it's almost like, in a way, Tybalt... Mercutio takes a bullet, not literally, but more like a piece of glass to the stomach. Romeo's got some ribs broken and his face is messed up a bit. And... Mercutio is just trying to play it off like, oh, no, 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 no. It's just a scratch. Don't worry. It's not a big deal. But then as soon as he removes his hand, it's like, no, that glass is literally protruding out of his uh, stomach. <laughs> and it's not good. He he sadly passes. It's, it's 
pretty well embedded, but ugh, I just, oh, I feel bad for him. So, yeah, Mercurio clearly is pissed off and all. It's like, for now, for being, because of your guys' feuding, your family's feuding, now I'm basically dying because I took a piece of glass in the stomach for you, Romeo. It's like, no, because, it, yeah, it's almost like I'd still be alive. I'd be fine if you guys weren't feuding. Your feud ended in basically my death. So yes, just before Mercurio dies, he says a plague on both your houses. Romeo lost his bestie because of this feud between the families. So, of course, now we go to the Capulet Mansion. Juliet has no idea what's transpired. She is just waiting for Romeo to show up. So they can consummate their marriage and just be with each other. Even though they are married, he still <laughs> really can't be coming over there. So, yeah, Romeo goes after Tybalt because he killed Mercutio, and he's basically planning to kill him, and he does. He ends up killing Tybalt, and, of course, did he not know that one of you that kills the other, or whatever, this fight, you're going to be banished. You're not going to be here anymore. We're going to cast you out. Bye. And it's like, no, you got to go into hiding now because you are banned, and I'm sure it's on the... Like, word gets out. And it's like, no, you're done. You're done. I don't, I don't care if you just got married. I don't care. That doesn't mean anything. You're out. Gone. Of course, the cop is there. Uh, Juliet's mother is crying over losing her nephew. And the cop is all like, where is the person who did this? He's out. Gone. Goodbye. He is not welcome in this city, in this country. None of it. Yeah, the cop on a bullhorn, so everyone hears, Romeo's now banished. She's gone. So, Romeo's getting patched up. The priest is helping him out, and he learns of banishment. Like, you're out. Verona, not banished. So basically, yeah, it's just saying, like, hey, she's upset right now. She's mourning her cousin. She knows you killed him. And... They said, we're well, going to go away for a bit, but tonight you're going to be with your wife, but you got to be out of there before the sun rises. That is key. You're gonna, We're going to put you up somewhere. You're going to hang out until things blow over and eventually, you know, maybe the whatever that guy, the police officer or whatever he is, chief of police, will come to a census and maybe change his mind. We don't know. We don't know. We can hope. He's going to sojourn in Mantua. Not sure where that is. So Paris is there with some roses and 
her mother comes down like, hey, she doesn't want to see anybody right now. She's really depressed. She's upset. And Paris at least understands, like, yeah, I mean, she's mourning right now. There's no time to really woo her. She's not in the mood. And Juliet's dad says, well, she loved her cousin very much. So she's like, look, I'll get back with you. I'll take the flowers up to her. She's just, tonight's not a good night for her. Of course, is wondering why did Romeo kill Tybalt? They didn't even share a scene together. But then again, we don't know the back history prior to this. So they could have been very close growing up. Who knows? But Romeo appears in the window. So they're going to have their husband-wife time. <laughs> with him being injured, you know, broken ribs. And then he's got to, like, I don't know, his arm is cut or what have you. Because he's got a bandage on his arm. Oh, wow, they're really pushing this. Like, hey, Paris, guess what? I scheduled a day. You're going to marry my daughter. How's Thursday work for you? Is that good? Good. Great. Because uh, that's going to happen. Oh, wife, tell Juliet Thursday she's going to be married to this guy. And I think he's already married, though. I don't think you can do that twice. We see uh, Beltazar, Jesse Bradford, sleeping in his car. Probably, you know, he's ready to get Romeo out of there. The idea of candles at the foot of the bed and those sheets being nearby, I'm just like, wow. That room would be ablaze. That is a fire hazard, 110%. So Romeo wakes up with a shock. It's almost like he's forgotten what happened and then he remembers, oh yeah, he, uh, he killed Juliet's cousin. And then he's like, oh crap, I gotta go. And she doesn't know why he's gotta leave so soon. Like, oh, wait, I thought we could hang out a little longer. No, he's got to go. In fact, he probably should have been gone a couple hours ago <laughs> when it was still dark.
So, of course, it's morning time, and Romeo says, you know, I gotta get going. I should have been out of here before the sun came up. And she's like, oh, she has no idea that he has to leave. Or unless they, that was a scene we didn't see where they, you know, made love. And he says, oh, by the way, after tonight, I can't see you for a very long time. In fact, I've been banned from the city. But anyway... She's like, then she really like, no, no, you have to go. He's like, oh, no, I can sit here and die. It's fine. Not a big deal. She's like, no, you need to seriously get out of here. And, of course, uh, the uh, nurse comes up says, hey, he needs to go because your mom's coming up. And, um, yeah, she's going to drop a bomb on you of news. So Romeo gets out of there. He peels out. And then the mother comes in and says, hey, guess what? I got news for you. You're going to marry Paris next Thursday, like a week from today. And, of course, Julia, like, Julia, I'm surprised she didn't say, well, I'm actually already married, so that's not going to work. She's like, no, he's not going to make me a happy bride. No, and I'm not going to get married at St. Peter's. So, of course, oh, the mom's like, well, hey, here's your dad. Why don't you just tell him that? Because I can guarantee he's not going to be happy. Because he comes up like, hey, how now, wife? Did you tell our daughter the news? And she's like, uh, I was about to. He gets, of course, royally pissed. Like, this is not what he, he's probably thinking, oh, she should be shouting joyfully from the rooftop. She's not. She doesn't want that because she's already married. She's not wearing her ring. I think he was the only one that got a ring. Wait a minute. I thought Juliet gave the nurse her ring to give to Romeo. I have no idea. Oh, no. When he asked, like, oh, did you let our daughter, our daughter know that she's going to be married? And, of course... She says, oh, yeah, I did. I told her. But, uh, you know, she she's, doesn't want to. So, But she tells you thank you for... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, uh, sorry, but no. And she says to her husband, I would the fool were married to her grave. As in, I don't think she'll ever marry. Or she's clearly stuck on someone and she doesn't want to marry this person. That we've arranged for her to be married to. Wow. So it's basically either you're going to do this or you're not going to be in my home anymore. You're going to be out in the street. I'll throw you in the st- out in the street. You're going to starve to death. I will not support you if you don't. Yeah, and he even says, refers to Paris as his friend. No, more like he wants that connection because he's the governor's son or what have you. So it's like, the hell with what you want. You're doing this. I don't care what you want. It's happening. And then he finally said, you know what? If you don't want this, then you can no longer live here. I don't want to look at you. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to hear from you, basically. Gosh, if you think about it, this is like 
the only scene that he mainly has with his daughter in the whole damn movie. And he's shrieking at her. And it almost makes me wonder if it was set up that way so that way the reaction for Julia and the actress would be real. I'm guessing. So she pleads to her mother, like, delay the marriage a week, a month, a week, just, uh, or that she basically even says, like, look, I'm gonna kill myself if you don't do this, because, uh, yeah. Even the mother pretty much casts her off, like, do as you wilt, as thou wilt, for I have done with thee. Like, I'm done with you. Like, no. How interesting that they're able to cast aside their only child. It's like, if you think about it, that's probably the last conversation they will at conversation. No, that was a screaming match. That was an ultimatum where there is no second choice. And I'm like, that is the last time you will basically ever speak to your daughter. And they don't know it. Now they have to live with the fact that their daughter is gone. And the last words they spoke to her was, I will cast you out. I don't even want to look at you. I'm, I basically wash my hands of any responsibility towards you. So she even turns to the nurse, like, nurse, give me some words of comfort. Tell me what I should do. And even the nurse is like, oh, I think it's best you marry with this Paris guy. She's already married. I don't think this would hold up. Yeah, she's even saying, like, oh, he's a gentleman. I think you are happy in the second match. Like, yeah, like, even the nurse who was there to witness the first marriage it's full on saying, go ahead with this second one. Yeah, she pretty much says, hey, look, Romeo is, he's banished, he's basically dead, you're a widow. So, I think it'd be better in the long run for you to marry Paris. So, what does she, she basically says, tell my parents I'm going to go see Friar Lawrence to make confession and be resolved or absolved or whatever. Like, she's praying, like, oh yeah, tell my parents I'm going to... I don't even know that she's married. <laughs> so, no, she's pretty much under the guise of she's going to ask him, I, I need something. If I can't have Romeo, then there's no point in going on. So, yeah, she's pretty much resigned when she comes in there and sees Paris talking to the priest. He's like, oh, hi there, soon-to-be wife. And she's like, yeah, whatever. I guess it's going to happen. <sighs> no. And he goes to leave and kisses her, and she is, like, just dead inside. So, she's got a gun on her when she's alone with the priest, and she is, she practically kills herself right in front of him. And then she turns a gun on him, like, no, I long to die, like, I don't want to be alive. If I can't have Romeo, then what's the point of going on? But basically, I think that's what he was making at the beginning when we first meet the priest, as a concoction that will make it seem like she is dead. There will be no warmth to her body. She won't be breathing. She'll pretty much just be in a sleep state. Yeah, he even says, shall stiff and stark and cold appear like death. So basically, it'll, her body will stiffen like she is dead, even though she's not dead. Just to give the appearance that she is. They'll mourn her death. They'll put her in the vault or whatever with Tybalt. Yeah, he's even, like, showing us a future where that's how it'll be. Like, 
the parents will mourn her like oh she's dead they're at like they're at the funeral and everything so basically it almost it's like a 24-hour thing like you'll be like your dad for 24 hours it's like a 24-hour thing of course he's going to be giving letters to romeo who's in in uh montagua or whatever the place that starts with an m let him know like hey you're gonna hear word that she's dead but she's not because she's taken something to make it look like she is dead they'll they'll have a funeral for her but she won't be dead it's a 24-hour thing you can come and revive her and then we'll we'll ship you both off sight unseen and you can start a life somewhere somewhere else mantua excuse me basically she's pretty much pretending to go along with the wedding to make them happy and then she takes the liquid and then she's gonna basically look like she's dead even though she's not uh well this isn't good romeo's from Balthazar walks into the church sees that this is juliet's funeral and of course before the pastor can say anything or say wait 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 wait, wait. i need to talk to you privately he is off he's gonna tell romeo that juliet is dead well, of course, he missed the letter It's by the UPS saying, hey, we missed you. We have a letter for you. Come down to the UPS or FedEx or what have you and pick up the letter. Apparently, it's windy there, too, because the we missed you thing that they left is not on the ground. And he just stepped on it. So he sees Balthazar is there. He's like, hey, my buddy, how's my girl? How's my wife? And he is so excited, and then he just sees Balthazar, like, Jesse Bradford's, cr- like, crushed, like, crestfallen expression. And she's like, oh, shit, what happened? How now, Balthazar? The son not bring me letters from the priest? How doth my lady? Is my father well? How doth my lady Juliet? For nothing can be ill if she be well. She is well and nothing can be ill. Her body rests in Chapel Monument near Morgan Park with the Angel Girls. I saw her laid low. Pardon me for bringing this ill news. So, of course, he's not going to take this news well. And I'm surprised. It's like, you got paper notes all over the place. 
you kind of like called him and was like, hey, he's telling me this. Are you sure? Because, I mean, I don't think he's got reason to doubt his friend is lying. Like, oh, yeah, I don't believe you. Let me call the priest because I've known him longer than you. I'm <laughs> so I kind of want. Yeah. But, of course, if that were the case, then we wouldn't have had the ending we had. Of course, Romeo's heartbroken. He's screaming out her name. This is like a dusty wasteland with trailers and, like, goats hanging around. So he goes and takes the car and he peels out of there. He's like, no, I need to see this for myself, okay? I know I'm not supposed to go back to Verona, but I'm going there anyway. I don't care what anyone says. He wants proof that she is dead. Don't understand why he would write a letter. You can't tell this guy. He's the one in contact with Romeo the whole damn time. Just like, hey, you, you're the one who's passing messages back and forth. Just save yourself the time writing, sending a letter even via FedEx. And he wasn't, I don't know what Romeo was doing that he couldn't get that letter. I don't know. Maybe he went and got some groceries or something. He had to stock up his trailer. But he wasn't there. And it's like, no, you got this guy who's going to see what's going on. And he's going to give information to Romeo. He could have just, the priest could have just used him as an info mule and just sent them him back and forth. You know, he was already there getting info anyway and seeing how things were going. Could have just said, hey, this is the deal. Keep it up, the deal. And give him a heads up so he knows. This is the plan. This is what's going on. Granted, the ending would have been very much different if that were the case. And of course, I mean, this Balthazar knows <laughs> he's not, Romeo's not in his right mind. Like, hey, you got a gun. You're going to steal my car. I'm going to be stranded here. And usually, yeah, you're upset. Sometimes people will do things that they wouldn't normally do under extreme circumstances. Like, they're... They're stressed out. That's why you don't make rash decisions when you're upset. Because you will regret them later. Even the damn letter. He could have given the kid the letter to give to him. Save a stamp. He's bleeding well. Did the priest not give you a letter? He didn't give you a letter? Why not? Ugh. Basically, now that he knows oh, like, Juliet's dead, so he's going to end his own life. Like That's the only way we can be together is in death. The kid is going with him. Oh, I don't know. I thought he just took Leo. <laughs> Romeo took the car and like took off and left him there. In that desert wasteland with those trailers and those goats. So, of course, he's now in Verona. We got police. We got helicopter helicopters circling the area. They see his, he's back. We got the priest who's taking a nap. He's counting down the minutes until Juliet awakens. This guy's like sweating bullets. It was like hotter than Hades. Like it's like the apparently the this Verona city is like the surface of the sun hot because and it's supposed to be summer apparently too. So I don't know how hot it gets there. But he is in a greenhouse, so that is probably another reason why he's literally beads of sweat just pouring down this priest's face. Of course, he's calling FedEx and asking, "Did you deliver my letter?" To Manjura or Manjura or whatever the city is called. Mantua. And they're like, yeah, I got a thing. And he wasn't home, so they couldn't deliver it. It's a letter for crap's sake. It's not like something expensive or breakable that you have to sign for. 
So here we go. We got Emmett Walsh, the guy who was in the beginning of the movie in the pool hall. He's got a double-loaded shotgun or double-barreled shotgun. Leo, Romeo's trying to buy, like, something to kill himself with. Some type of, like, take the weary lay, the, the life-weary taker may fall dead. Basically, like, yeah, I got the drugs, but apparently, according to Verona Law, uh, I could be killed myself because I'm selling them to you. Like, it's illegal. I can't do it. Uh, he's got some bills folded over. Like, here, here's my money. Take it. I'm good for it. Just give me what I need to be with my Juliet forever in the afterlife. Oh, it's like, look, I know you're poor. You told me. Here's the money. I know and just cause you can't do this because you have, you know, your reasons, beliefs, what have you, you're going against your good sense, but here I'm paying you so you won't be poor anymore. This literally looks like liquid pee. <laughs> it's some yellow substance. Whereas what Julia took was blue. It came from those plants. What is the priest drinking? Alcohol? He's like hitting up shots from his plants. What are he, liquids he's getting from him? So, and then the guy is like, Emmett Walsh, he's got the bluest eyes. I don't know whether it's the lighting, but good golly. Uh, he says, drink it off, and if you had the strength of 20 men, it would dispatch you straight. And, of course, Romeo's like, great, here's my money. Thank you. Goodbye. So, of course, again, the, go the chief of police or whoever he is is looking for him. Balthazar sitting in the car. It's dark. I was like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Thomas of the essence. We got to get out of here. Let me drop you and then I can get out of here before I am questioned by the police. Because now Balthazar is a uh, accomplice. So he's basically trying to send another letter f through FedEx. He doesn't know that Leo's even back in town. And he is like, time literally, because she is going to literally be waking up shortly from this thing. It was a 24 hour drink. Or a 24 hour. What have you. Of course, he's saying his goodbye to um, Balthazar, saying, hey, look, live long and prosper. You know how they say. He's quoting Star Trek. Farewell, good fellow. Does this guy know that Romeo is basically going to die? This is the last conversation I swear we will ever have. So, he must have a premonition. He and the priest both have premonitions of the future. Because he said, I had a dream, premonition, where I'm walking in a lit area with crosses and you can't see the rest of it. It's like... It gives, it, it, honestly, it makes me think that in dreams, sometimes we do have bits and pieces of the future that when we get to that point, that's what that deja vu feeling is because it's like, you remember that moment, but you hadn't lived it yet. So he's right outside the vault. He's got the security guard, held him at gunpoint, it's like, and there's cops all around. They all got their guns pointed. They basically takes the guy, the security guard, as a hostage until he gets into the vault and locks the door.
love. inside me was crimson in my lips and in my cheeks. Death's pale flag is not a dead to death. Dear Juliet, we are not yet so fair. Substantial death is amorous, keeps the air dark to be his paramour. Suspicious stars from this world weary flesh. Eyes looking last. Haunting at last embrace. He's opening her eyes. Damn it. Look. Look. Turn and look at her. Oh. Dateless bargain. He smacked it out of his hand. To engrossing death.
So, yeah, when he arrives there, he sees her, he immediately starts crying, just, you know, you know, that's, that's his wife and everything, and uh, it just, oh, I feel so bad. It's like, you only had to wait a few more minutes. If only he'd, like, given a little more time, like, stalled a little bit longer. They're so close. And the fact that as he's, like, talking to her and saying goodbye and everything, and her hand is, like, slowly moving, but he's so just ready to end it and, and be with her, you know, eternally, that he doesn't even register, his, his brain does not even register it. Then even as he kisses her, her, her eyes slowly, slowly open. She sees him. And she smiles and goes to put her hand on his face right as he is tipping back that vial of poison. And the look when he just, like, turns and realizes that she's, that she's not dead. And she realizes, like, he basically poisoned her. Like, great, so you took all of this? You didn't give me? You didn't leave anything for me? Well, he thought you were dead. He was going to join you. So, of course, he has that gun. It's loaded. She ends up taking her own life to be with him. And, again, the parents are, again, they, they've mourned Juliet because they believe that she was dead. They had a funeral for her and everything. And now, and Romeo even put her wedding ring back on her finger. That I, I once thought that was his, but, no, she gave that to him, you know, the nurse to give to him because you know she can't exactly be wearing a wedding ring around the house and then because when he was smoking a cigarette writing in his uh, journal or diary or whatever he had on his wedding ring because he's not in Verona so he can freely wear it oh this breaks my heart just seeing them together the first meeting through the fish tank and you know, being in the, the elevator and kissing for the first time. The wedding ring that says R plus J. I love thee. Oh. You know, him and her in the morning after they had been together. And just their smiles and how happy they were. And of course, them kissing. They had a very, very short courtship before they got married. Only these few key scenes. That was basically it. It was basically love at first sight. And here are the paramedics going to the tomb. You see Romeo's parents in the limo. You see, also, we got Juliet's parents. They're probably very surprised. Like, wait, our daughter is dead. Like, no, actually, she's actually now actually dead. She's actually sadly gone. Uh, the cop definitely, the police chief does have something to say to these two families. Like, because of your feuding, this is what happens. You lost, you both lost your children because of this. See what a scourge is laid upon your hate. That heaven finds means to kill your joys with love. And I, for winking at your discourse, to have lost a brace of kinsmen. All are punished.
this morning with it breaks. This sun, for sorrow, will not show his head. Go hence to have more talk of these sad days. And some shall be pardoned, and some unshed. For never was a story of more woe than this of Juliet. So the police chief says all are punished. He even says that he lost some of his men during this whole battle and feud. And the fact that, I mean, these two probably, this thing's been going on for probably centuries. Well, maybe not centuries, but decades. And, you know, they lost their kids over that. And, you know, at some point it's like they're just like, hey, we gotta, we gotta let this go. We just lost two of the most, you know, they just lost their kids over this. It could have been a blessed union. Both sides could have come together and just said, hey, this is stupid. We don't even know why we're hating on each other anymore. Because what, your great, 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 great grandparents had a feud and got angry and disagree with each other? Now you guys are doing it just because, yeah, exactly. So, that is the end of the movie. I hope you all enjoyed it. I did enjoy revisiting this movie. Like I said, it's been, gosh, the last time I feel like I saw this would have been when I was a teenager and I had it on VHS. So, I do have some trivia here. How much of it is true? I don't know. Because apparently you can edit these IMDb pages. Leonardo DiCaprio fought for Claire Danes to win the role of Julia after she impressed him with her line delivery and the fact that she was the only actress to look him straight in the eye. Everyone else was probably very gaga and could not keep it together. So, yeah. Leo DiCaprio's version of Romeo's speech at Juliet's, I'm guessing her great, her, her what have you at the end of the movie coffin to I don't know was so good that it moved Claire Danes to tears nearly ruining the scene the moment the director yelled cut Danes smacked DiCaprio on the arm and said don't make me cry I'm supposed to be comatose here let's see let's see I'm starting to see what else Claire Danes wears a wig throughout the movie and also had a special aquatic wig for her underwater scenes. Well, I would imagine. Because, I mean, at the time, I think she was still Angela Chase on My So-Called Life. And her hair was short and dyed kind of reddish. Let's see. On Paul Rudd's last day of, on the shoot, he and Leonardo DiCaprio were on the way to a bar to celebrate when Leo casually mentioned that he'd been considering the lead in a studio film titled Titanic. Being an expert on the sh great ship's history thanks to his dad, Paul urged Leo to jump at the offer. And we are all very grateful to Mr. Rudd because of that. Apparently, Leonardo DiCaprio was Baz Luhrmann's first choice to play Romeo. Well, of course, it's Leo. Sam Rockwell auditioned for the role of Mercutio, which, hmm, interesting, I did not know that. Is there any Neil Patrick Harris was considered for the role of Romeo. That I, I can't see that. Let's see. Is 
there's anything else here. Okay, so apparently it seemed like he took a ecstasy pill, according to the spoilers here on the IMDb trivia. Okay. So several important scenes in the movie have water in them. When we first see Romeo, he is on the beach raining by the water. And when we first see Juliet, she is holding her head underwater. When Romeo and Juliet first see each other, they are looking at each other through a fish tank. The balcony scene is moved from a balcony to a swimming pool. Mercutio is killed at the beach. When Tybalt is shot, he falls into a fountain. When Romeo comes to Juliet's room, he is drenched from the pouring rain. And when he leaves the next morning, he falls into the pool again. Interesting insight. Alright, so I hope, again, you all enjoy the review. I hope you have a wonderful birthday, Nicole. And all of you have a good weekend. Bye-bye.